Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Staying Power Show podcast all about resilience, what it is, what it isn't, how we know if we have it, what to do if we realize we don't have it, or we don't have as much of it as we would like. In the end, whatever the case, resilience is a choice. And joining me once again to share our ideas and our experience in helping others from around the world develop their own resilience is my friend, my colleague, my co-host, my co-author, Tawny Santabria. Tawny, how are you? I am doing well. Great. Doing well in this new year, sort of just getting getting on with life. Yep. How about yourself? Same thing. Same thing. You know, new year always has um, always has interesting shifts in in energy and and obviously in how we spend our time coming out of the holidays and stuff like that and the weather, depending on where you are, is going to be a certain way. <laughs> where we are, it's starting to get light again, slowly but surely. But that's that part's nice. But overall, I'm good and um, moving forward. So, um, so here we are to talk more about resiliency once again in a new year. That's the great thing about resiliency. We need it all the time, right? We can build it all the time, any year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So, absolutely. so where, what are we going to talk about today? What are we talking about today? Well, specifically, I thought we could talk a little bit about patience. Uh, I, I think about patience and resiliency as going hand in hand, almost mm. in some regard, you know, just so very similar to each other yeah. at, in certain moments. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Sounds great. Yeah, it it it, it does. It is a companion piece, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, if resilience mm-hmm. is driving the car, patience might be riding shotgun, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're good friends. They're good friends. They're good friends. They're good friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's, there's a, probably a lot of different ways we could go with it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's see. Well, let's see. I, I, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that we, at least in, in certain parts of the world, um, really like things to happen like yesterday, <laughs> right? That, that sense of just needing, you know, when we know what, when we think we know what we want, we want that experience now. Mm-hmm. And we're getting accustomed to, in a lot of ways, having that experience now, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, running straight up against the practice of patience. <laughs> so I don't think that's a good thing. No. And I don't think that's a good thing for us. No, no. And it's and it is it is immediate now, right? And and things are when we when you live in a world that provides more and more immediate gratification or means for distraction than at any other time in human history, that's an even tougher thing to fight against, I think, than maybe it would have been even twenty years ago. In that in that sense, right? Just being inundated with these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we practice, we get really good at, right? Mm-hmm. So right. um if we sort of let ourselves succumb to all of that that is out there for us in any moment and we just sort of like soak it all in, um uh, we're going to we may have some difficulties with being patient around um things that that may take a little bit longer. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that creates some problems. That creates some problems for us. Oftentimes, um, you know, the symptoms of sort of like anxiety and depression mm-hmm. um, increase when there's less practice of patience. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, particularly if we have this a story or a message that things are supposed to go a certain way or that things are supposed to have happened by a certain time or and if that doesn't happen then something is wrong and something needs to be fixed. And you know, and we know the big ones, right? You know, people think you're there's I I should be married by this point in time or I should have this promotion by this point in time. I should have these things in my life by this point in time. Right. And, and some of them, sure. You know, there's, there's times you're going to be able to have kids in life and times where you're not. Right. So there's things like that. But I think if we have those, those things in our mind that we're supposed to reach a certain thing by a certain time that breeds impatience. Yeah. If they haven't happened yet. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those are those, those, sto- those condition stories of how sort of like the map that we're supposed to um, mm-hmm. sort of follow. Um, and that can definitely bring impatience for sure. Um, and, and if, you know, that that's, yeah, I guess that would be another facet, facet of it. Um, and certainly um, it, n- we can get ourselves all spun up in ways that that then make it even less likely that we're going to be able to experience those things mm-hmm. um, in in our life also. Um, so and, and that goes back to sort of our our you know breaking up with our bullshit podcast where we talk about the should stories. Yeah, that that reminds me of just those things that kind of get in the way of us just being able to navigate life in in more of a calm manner. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly when we've got the should stories out there, um, we're going to kind of tie ourselves to those and expect ourselves to be achieving those things. Yeah. Um, but, e- but, but even patience around like, okay, so we've set a goal for ourselves and we, we want this to meet this goal yeah. next week. <laughs> and if we don't meet it next week, then, then we've picked the wrong goal. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so just even sort of like establishing our own sort of routines in our life or choosing and making decisions around um, what might be, uh, uh, you know, experiences that we want long term for Mm -hmm. ourselves uh, makes it really difficult. We can get pulled into the immediate, which can be, you know, sort of just opposite of what any long term goal might actually be too. So then, you know, in, in terms of building resiliency, we're going to even struggle more to build resiliency if we don't have a sense of a a patient practice, uh, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's, if we do, if we have the goal in mind, but, but aren't approaching it with that exact thing that you just said, a practice of how to do this on the daily and to continue to do it, or do it on the regular, I should say, depending on what it is. Uh, it's going to be really tough to meet those things. You know, there was, I just had an experience with this the other day. I was, I was at my gym and I was working with my trainer as I do every week. And there was another trainer working with a new client. And this client was very frustrated uh, and, and just said, I'm not sure this is, is working for me. And the trainer said, well, okay, tell me what, what's not working for you. So, well, this is our third session. And I'm not seeing any change in myself when I look in the mirror. And the trainer handled it fabulously. I mean, fabulously. But I was really struck by that. You know, how they were just 
they clearly wanted to feel better, look better, get healthier, get stronger, all those things. But there was a disconnect in what that takes to do that. And the trainer said, well, have you, you know, have you come in other than just this once a week? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, you might want to add in another week and maybe walking around your neighborhood, you know, and, and getting some movement. So there were things this person could do and said they would, but there was a, there was definitely a disconnect on what that was supposed to look like in a certain amount of time. Sure. Um, that's the other thing about patients is that there's research out there that actually shows that the more patient we are, the more productive we are, mm. the more creative we are. Right. The, so I'm thinking about that person and that need to just have that change immediately um, didn't lend itself well to being even productive around this during the week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to have those kinds of expectations without, without kind of taking more on board, what are the things to do to further that? You know, that the, the conversations that will follow, of course, and I don't know if the trainer had these, but to follow that out, you have to not only talk about what you're going to do while you're in the gym, but what you're going to do at home. What are you going to eat? How's your sleep schedule? Those are all things that, of course, research shows if we're talking about getting, getting healthier are all important components that interconnect and need to be worked on. And that takes practice. <laughs> you know, that takes practice and trial and error and the patience to do it every day and trust that process to play out. Yes. Yes. When we want things immediately and we're used to getting them immediately, <laughs> we're going to struggle with these longer term mm-hmm. kinds of, of, uh, goals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, that's a great example of somebody who probably has had a struggle with patience. Mm-hmm. We, we could make an assumption. So it, it is an assumption. It could be wrong. But uh, I think that's, I think based on the tone and, and a few sure. other factors, I think you're probably right on that one. I, I just like to leave room. I, I like I to leave room. I, I, I don't know. I don't know this person. Right. But so um, that's how it shows up Yeah. in our lives. If, if we're looking and wondering, okay, am I a patient person? I guess I feel like I'm really patient because I do, you know, I, I do a lot of things for other people or, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that could be true, but Patience could be something that's getting in the way of resiliency. And if sort of you're noticing yourself wanting things immediately, or there's some impulsivity, or there's some difficulty with self-regulation, like there's difficulty um, experiencing even some sense of calm, that those could be indicators of some difficulties with with patience. Um, if people tell you, you're not a good listener. I not that people say it like that, but we, 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 anyways, something like that. That could also be a patience thing, also, mm. right? You want to get to you want to get to the point really quick. You want to get to um, you know a, a closing of the of the conversation. You oh. want to move on. Gotcha. Right. right. Um, you want you you've got somewhere else to be, both mentally, emotionally, or physically. So if you've struggled with listening, that could be an indicator of difficulty with patients mm-hmm. also. Yeah, there's, there's, I wonder where the, and how you would phrase the relationship between that difficulty or the challenges with patients and being able to tolerate discomfort. 
Um, you know, because it seems like it seems to me, I mean, there there's there can be discomfort in waiting for something to happen that you want to happen. You know, whether you are waiting and doing nothing for it or whether you are practicing and taking steps, you know, that can be challenging. Um, and that that example you used of someone just cutting off, you know, I'm done, you know, um, the, in those types of conversations, usually there's some discomfort in there, right? I need to be somewhere else or I'm tired of this or I'm, I don't have the, I don't want to deal with the emotions that are with this or whatever the case may be. Um, and if resilience is about how we, how we rebound, how we recover from difficult things or through difficult things, you know, so is, is patience in that way an endurance of developing an endurance of discomfort and accepting of it? I don't even know if there's a right way to phrase it, but I think you know where I'm kind of pointing at. That, that's the trouble with having so many options around that immediate gratification. Mm. So it's not even, we don't even have a moment to get on really to even sense discomfort because we've got so many other stimulating things available to us. And when we practice engaging in all the other stimulating things available to us, the phone is, an, is a great example of that. Um, because it's addictive, right? We and have we have it with us all the time that there's this sort of low for a moment, or you're communicating with somebody with somebody about something that's not too exciting, like you're not interested in it, mm-hmm. right? So then you go right to the phone to find something interesting or stimulating. That's an immediate gratification. We want some kind of something stimulating. So we don't even get a set a time or moment to practice not being stimulated. So it doesn't even have to be discomfort necessarily. It could just be a lack of (laughs) stimulation. Lack of stimulation. At this point, at this point, because we're so used to being stimulated. Yeah. So the idea of, of, you know, stimulation over boredom or even just stillness, you know, (laughs) yeah. It is. And, and the more and more research coming out on how so many elements, particularly in social media, but even how phones are designed, intended to keep you engaged, right? designed to tap into the elements of our of our brain that want that kind of stimulation. It's it's something. And it just leads to I mean, how many more conversations do we have about these things or the things we hear about now in this this new information age than we heard about before these things came about before social media, before before everybody had a pretty much what is the equivalent of a computer, a high powered computer in their hand all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just been supercharged of late, which is why some of these things are so important to talk about and why so Mm -hmm. many more people are interested in these conversations about resilience. What is it? Because we're losing track of what it actually is (laughs) because we're losing track of what those things like stillness and quiet and connection really are. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so, so it takes a um, sort of a choice. It takes yeah. it takes um, an awareness and kind of sometimes, you know, going out on your own. And maybe there's nobody around you that is interested in stillness or awareness or, you know, wanting to slow down and really kind of see clearly. Sometimes that that happens. And, and that choice of, you know, even though this may not be sort of the mainstream way to do this, I'm going to go ahead and and take these take these chances. So so things like I think about in, in work meetings, like who in work meetings nowadays um, isn't doesn't have some kind of device with them 
and looking at their device while in the work meeting. Mm -hmm. This happens all the time, all the time, constantly. What's the point of the meeting? I mean, truly, right? <laughs> if if everybody is on somewhere, if everybody is somewhere else, mm -hmm. and just and feeling justified too, because there are a lot of meetings that yeah. feel and seem. Um, like maybe not the best use of time. Yeah, they could have been an email is the joke, right? Could have been an email. Totally. So we're justified yeah. in being on on some kind of device during this 20, 30, 60 minute meeting. But, and that could be a great opportunity to practice patience actually, mm -hmm. to be in the meeting, fully in the meeting, understanding that, okay, this is gonna take some patience to be in this meeting and really fully in the meeting without distraction. Mm -hmm. but it's a time to practice. Mm -hmm. We've got so many different opportunities in our day-to-day -day that would allow us to kind of grease this wheel a little bit and, and see what we can come up with here in terms of our experiences of participating more in a patient sort of um, ex experience with a group or another person or, or even ourselves. But as long as we have you know, that phone attached to ourselves. And it's, you know, it, even in schools, you know, the, the, the students can have their phones. Yep. Yep. And, and if they don't have their phones, they might have a tablet, right. As part of their, as part of those things going on. And, and, and obviously so many things now, you know, coming out of COVID as well, where so many things were on video and on zoom and all those types of things that bifurcation of attention and focus is a constant thing. And yet what that does is that it seems to, if we atomize all of that, then we are holding on to these little pieces of these various things to distract us or to numb us or to stimulate us, whatever the choice may be. And we are not getting, not only are we not developing any resilience or any patience, but we're not really in the reality of what's going on around us and in us. We're not even paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Right. Um, we, we don't, we're not taught at, at a young age to even pay attention to what's going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, before technology, at least we had quiet moments because we didn't have everything around us just you know hitting ourselves on the head from that side and that side constantly um we just kind of had to kind of like I, I always say just kind of either do your chores or look at the wall or your homework you know i mean that's what you had or go to right? sleep or go to bed yeah. <laughs> yeah, take a nap rest up right so um so that naturally um, provided us opportunities to practice patience, even though we weren't, we didn't realize it mm -hmm. and we didn't have, we just didn't have the access to immediate gratification in the same way that we do now. Yeah. So now we have to actually, you know, take charge. We have to actually pay attention and find these spaces for us to practice this patience mm -hmm. so that we can maneuver through when we've got um, a situation that is going to, you know, be in our best interest and other people's best interest that we do slow down, mm -hmm. calm ourselves, mm -hmm. um, think through, you know, perhaps make better decisions. Yeah. Uh, allow for the emotions to float in and float out so that um, there's no need to like 
fix all the things we think we need to fix or move away from as quickly as we tend to. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that just like everything else we've talked about with resiliency being a choice, it's also a practice. Patience is a practice. One of the things that, uh, you know, when I first started working on this, you mentioned meetings. So I'll mention this. I was, um, I've, I've sat in a lot of meetings that are not, not fun. Most meetings aren't. But I remember practicing looking at each person who was speaking right in the eyes as they spoke. That was my practice. Just shifting from each one and, you know, no phone on the table. That's the thing. You can always tell what's going to happen in a meeting because people put their phone face down on the table, right? <laughs> and then they'll pick it up, you know, surreptitiously when they think they, you know, can get away with it. But I would not do that and I would look them. And the first thing that struck me the first few times I did that was how difficult it felt. I was like, wow, this is a practice. This is taking concentration. This is really pushing what I'm used to. And I was so aware of where my phone was in my bag. And I wasn't going to bring it out, but it was, it was a little different. And that told me something quite a bit about that. And it's, it's been something, it's been an experience that uh, has really stayed with me. Yeah, it's it it's it's interesting that um, that you you know did that for yourself and then was able to sort of um, notice what that what that's like. Do you tend to do that in in every meeting now? Or I do, I do. Yeah, it's it's really important uh, to me to do, and and certainly, obviously, if I'm working with clients, absolutely, right. I mean, that's that's something that um, you know when you're working with people that are looking to you for assistance they deserve 100% of what I'm doing. You know, it's the type of thing even that um, when I'm talking with people in that context, if I want to write something down, like take a note or, you know, make a note later to send them something, I will ask them, would you mind if I took a moment and wrote that down really quickly so I could get that so that I don't break that, that piece of attention, right? I don't break away from that or disconnect from that. Uh, yeah, I do. I, the, the thing is, I'm very aware of where my phone is. I've, I've mentioned in a previous episode, one of the things I do in my morning routine is I, I stay away from that phone. Um, I do, I read some things, I spend some time in quiet and I walk outside in my bare feet at some point. I don't take the phone with me. Um, when I first started doing all those things, I was really aware that I didn't have the phone with me and there was something distinctly uncomfortable about it. That is no longer the case, but that's because I I do that every day and I try to do that every day because I do not want, I don't want there to be anything in my life that I'm using as a crutch or as an escape or anything like that. And that's, you know, that doesn't mean I don't, I don't use my phone a lot because I do. And there are times where I do fall into distraction and those times where I become aware of that, then I usually take a step to move away from it, do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah, that takes intention um, for you to do that every day for sure. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's, it's something that for me has been important because uh, distraction and moving away from things and, and avoiding difficult feelings um, in my past, as we've talked about, has led me down some places that just haven't been good for me and healthy for me and healthy for my relationships. And I just don't want to go back there. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's preventative and, and it reminds and it's so much better. Yeah. My days are so much better when I don't, you know, when I'm not engaged in that thing all the time. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. 
allows, yes, allows you to sort of really notice. We can't really notice much if we are glued to tech, TV, movies, um, yeah. phone, you know, all those kinds of things. We can't really notice what's going around us. So um, yeah. the more often we can, we can create some space from that for sure. Um, and, and, and we're not going to practice patience when we're glued to screens either. So, um, <laughs> exactly. it's not designed to keep us patient, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's very stimulating yeah, for sure. Exactly. But not as stimulating as the next thing five seconds away as soon as I scroll to it. Right. It's almost like, like it just feeds, feeds, feeds. So anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, mm-hmm. in our last, our last couple minutes, I mean, the, 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 the practice of patience is a real thing and takes deliberate steps is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, yeah, we need to create space for that to happen. We need to be able to um, slow down and 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 notice what's going on and and make some choices and decisions about how we want to spend our time as opposed to just being sort of swept up and on automatic pilot for sure. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So yet uh, yet another thing to practice um, in developing resilience is patience. What a great topic, Tony. Thanks for bringing that in. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of Staying Power. Remember, if you missed any of this episode or any of these episodes, you can get it as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for subscribing, for reviewing, for sharing with your friends and your family and your social networks, anybody who you think would be really interested in learning more about resiliency. And remember, when you do subscribe, uh, every single week you will get a short mini podcast called The Four, usually right in the middle of the week. Uh, four tips on something, four points on something that you can practice in your daily life and see what it brings for you in terms of developing your own resiliency. So if you subscribe, you'll get that uh, in your feed every single week. And until next week, I am JDK Winnikin. And I'm Tani Santabria. We'll both be them next week too, but we will see you then. Thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm.